Welcome to Rooted and Robust Podcast. Hello everyone, this is Rooted and Robust Podcast. My name is Ozema Anyoji, like I am sure you know already. And I am here again today with another amazing guest. As always, I have amazing people grace the show and they always come blazing with experience knowledge and all the amazing things they always share and today is no exception because i have a public health professional on the show and of course you know we're going to talk about your health right so today we want to look at the danger of substance abuse Hmm. the danger of substance abuse and today on the show with me is Abara Erin. He is on the show with me today and we are going to look at this topic together and we are going to have an amazing conversation. So welcome on the show. Thank you, Abara, for joining me. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Zuma. It's a pleasure to be here. And thanks for the amazing work you're doing in Rooted and Robots. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for being here. All right. So, yes. You, like I said earlier, you are a public health professional, but that is not, that's not the only thing you do. So let's get to meet you properly. What are other things that you do that we, that will be amazing to hear, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. And yeah, name is Abara Irim and I'm a public health professional. The aspect of public health that I specialize on is in epidemic preparedness and response. So what that means is responding to pandemics, um, responding to epidemics, responding to outbreaks, um, really infectious diseases. Mm. So those are my area of specialty. And aside the public health, um, what I like to do is to talk. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, every opportunity I have, I use that opportunity to, yeah, I say I speak to an audience of one. So it might just be just one person. One person is enough and that person can never be me. So the same way I talk to people, like I can also talk to myself. And I tell myself about, yeah, you can do this. Um, so that kind of pep talk, you know. Yeah. So I use myself to practice in the thing in respect to how to talk to people. And the other thing, I use my story. I share stories to help people know that um, wherever they are, others have been there. Wherever they want to be, there are people who have been there. So really, these are some of the things I do. Really help people through words through stories and even in the public health space my specialty is in risk communication okay so helping people understand risks and helping people know what to do in order to prevent risks and also helping people with the things to do to recover from risks mm. yep so that's the brief about me awesome now your specialty is very amazing right because our conversation today has to do with something that is eating up um our young people these days right so it's something we we all talk about all of them but then when we when we talk about substance abuse a lot of people will probably wonder if we're talking about the illegal drugs and all of that so what does it really mean what's the substance abuse is it just the illegal drugs we're talking about or when we abuse anything that's is drugs or what exactly is substance abuse all right thank you so much and i think that's really an interesting question 
you know, um, substance abuse, substance abuse, and not drug abuse. So they are really two different things. Okay. Um, drugs is a substance, and from our definition of drugs in the basic um, chemistry, drugs are chemical substance that are diglycid some reactions in the body. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about substance abuse, it's a pattern of using any substance and the essence to alter your mood. So summing it up, we say substance abuse is a pattern of using a substance. And most likely, those substances could be harmful. So you use that substance and the essence of you using it as really the end is to change your mood, to alter your mood. So when we have that as a definition, using a substance to alter mood, you know that drugs can be used to alter mood. You know that other things can be used to alter mood. Alcohol can be used to alter mood. Um, really, anything, whatever you use to change your mood from how you currently feel to how you think you want to feel. And once you introduce something, then that, those are that's what we call substance abuse. Wow. Basically, it's not just until you use drugs, and even the drugs is not just until you use illegal drugs. Um, and I think we're looking at some of the good yes. drugs, yeah. Yeah, like we say too much of anything. Of yeah. course, we've been hearing that thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. So I'm um, I'm here wondering if that's the case. Now, is is there a medical condition that could warrant someone to? to have that as a prescription like you go to the hospital that, that is a crazy question i'm about to ask <laughs> really but then <laughs> you go to the hospital and doctor says okay when you feel this way use this to or like you said alter your mood is that is that even a possibility in any way yes um yes so in mech um in the medical field we say never say never <laughs> so it's really possible, for example, if you feel headache, um, you're being prescribed a medication. If you feel dizzy, you're being prescribed a medication. If you feel sleepy and you want to stay awake, you're being prescribed a medication. If you're feeling awake and you want to sleep, you're being prescribed a medication. So now what this drug does is really altering your state, altering your your nature like the biochemical pathways or biochemical systems in your body drug alter such pathways to elicit an action just to cause a reaction or a change Mm. i'm trying not to use too many medical terms here but really what drugs (laughs) does it changes the state i don't know we should be familiar with the word enzymes it's like switching up um let's use the light bulb for example you walk into a room and it's dark once you Put on the switch, turn on the switch, the light comes on. You turn down the switch, the light goes off. Mm-hmm. So that's similar way drugs work in the body. So when you feel unwell in any part, there are drugs that are drugs are most like and most times are specific. Mm-hmm. So when you take it and it goes down within within minutes, some takes and some as fast as within minutes, it elicits that actually goes to the path of your so it's like a signal, it works like a pathway. A signature the same way when you turn on the switch, a signal goes through the light and the slides. That's yeah. the same way when you take the drugs, the signal goes through the brain and elicits that effect. And for example, if you're feeling pain and that drug was for pain relief, suddenly you feel you don't feel well, pains mm. again. And that happens till the timeline. So every drug has what we call timeline. See, the timeline for that drug has elapsed. So when that timeline elapses, you don't begin to feel the pains that you do not feel again. 
so they are drugs drugs are given for specific purposes okay. so when you now take that drug in excess when it's not administered when it's not prescribed when it was not recommended for example they say take this three times a day mm-hmm. and for you you take it three um you take it three, three um three per time or for three times a day really and um, some of those kinds or after a while when they stop administering it and you started you keep um you went back to keep taking it so okay. you are being you are beginning to abuse That's that abuse. drug so really mm. abuse comes from using using something using a substance for the purpose that it was not intended for oh, so yeah. i think that what abuse come and i think the word abuse we should really be familiar with the word abuse yeah so we say abuse it means you are changing the purpose you are using it for the purpose that it was originally intended for mm-hmm. and in most cases you are using it in a wrong way you know we tend to attribute abuse to negative Yeah. So when you use something in a wrong way and for the purpose that it was not in, um, originally meant for, we say um, you're abusing it, and that's the same thing that comes with drugs. So it's it's safe to say that whenever we feel anything, we don't administer this because it just feels like ah, I have headache. Next thing, Panadol, Paracetamol, down your throat, and <laughs> up you go. <laughs> so without even consulting any medical um, practitioner to say. Is this okay? Do I need to take this now? Or so that's the abuse. But then, what's the danger of doing this? Because that's really the question today. What's the danger of abusing something that was meant to help? But then, when we keep abusing it, where does it lead us? What's the danger? Hmm, that's a that's a very interesting question. So there are several dangers um, to substance abuse, mm-hmm. and Again, so I'll try as much as possible to see if I can categorize them. Okay. But first, let's even look at it to so the human body. Okay. And let's use the common pain relief, you know. I'll try as much as possible not to mention names so that we don't go after this podcast and start looking for that yeah. So when, um, whatever pain relief you can think of right now, just think of it. And you see, I don't know if you've had an experience where you knew before that taking perhaps one of it could cause a change in your system perhaps mm-hmm. you were feeling unwell or you were feeling pains and before now one of that drug could um will relieve that pain yeah for for let's say for five hours but after a while it don't you tend to discover that one is no well, longer mm-hmm. is no longer enough to elicit that same effect perhaps yeah. if it does it does it for a shorter time so it means you need to take more than one so you now start taking two After a while of taking two, you now tend to see that two is not giving me the same effect I used to have while taking, when I started taking two, you mm-hmm. now increase it to So that's how it keeps increasing, it keeps increasing. So again, when it increases, for example, if you were getting that drugs for, let's say, 100 Naira or um, or $10, whatever the currency exchange would be, you mm-hmm. know, if we were taking two, for example, initially, and there were 10 of it in a pack depending on the prescription you will take it for a longer period of time compared yeah. to when you're taking four so it means you will have to spend more so you have to spend more money to get that same to get the drugs for the same effect you used to get when you started getting it so that has cost you money so it costs more money so when you engage in substance abuse you tend to pay more for it mm. then the other thing and again when we look at the When we look at the overall effect, let's even say multiply that by the number of times you have to take it. 
then you see you really come to know wow this is how much i'm spending for this yeah so that's on one part then the other part is in the aspect of your body you change your you alter your body dynamics tremendously the way drugs work for every drug like this drug when drugs come it goes into the kidney is really the organ that goes into um detoxifying all of the um the toxins or the chemicals they have full chemicals yeah. in mm-hmm. the body the, the kidney does all of those processing so it's like the powerhouse of the body doing the refining like yeah. a machine mm-hmm. that you refine so imagine initial and uh, for every drug you go it has to go <clears throat> through the kidney the kidney has to do that function so it means you're stressing your kidney initially it was one but now you're giving it two mm-hmm. so you know um the power it requires to take um to process one or to refine one it will require more power to refine too yeah. so you and the more you keep um engaging in this habit or attitude the more stressful you are giving your kidney so we, we tend to find out um after a while you start having several sicknesses um that were not even supposed to be part of it some of those things could be traced to the habits the abuses that we've been engaging in mm-hmm. so really for every drug you take the body has to remove the part that is not needed and that part will have to go through the kidney for refinement yeah. so when you keep stressing your kidney you keep stressing your kidney by taking this thing in excess of what the kidney can can take at um, at a point you have to force it and when you feel, um when you force it of course there the health implication of that there's also the financial implication of that for you to get well and yeah. if god forbid you're not so lucky you come in the course of it you tend to lose your life then there's also the loss of life in it and you know with the loss of life comes several psychological effect your family mm-hmm. for you you may just think it's just one person but for us it's not just one person this person could be a father this person could be a sister this person could be a child this yeah. person could be a very influential person to the society so it means the society has really lost one person simply because of an attitude of just increasing it's just small let me just increase it by small <laughs> and that's how it, it continues so these are some of the things that could happen and the other thing in terms of um production let's even go through the production line you know the drugs these drugs um they are it, there's not en- there's no enough drugs for everybody mm. so now when you take in excess of what is required it means you are you are reducing you are making the drug not available i think you are making yeah the drug in this aspect you're making it not available for someone else who would more who is in their need of that drug and you know in the law of economics demand and supply so yeah. when there is increased demand for it in order to cope with it there have to be increased uh, pricing for it so if i could pay for that drug at a um, conveniently before now because people are people who are who have access to it are using more of it so the pro- and the production capacity cannot produce more of it yeah. so what they will they will have to increase the price of it so if i even even if i had the money to pay for it i had the purchasing power initially to get because the price has increased i won't be able to afford that drug that's on one part then the other part is even if i have the money to get it i won't even have access to the to get it because you wouldn't even need it the quantity you need you are taking it excess, the excess. Mm. and me who needs it who needs it little to be fine i don't even have access to it and for whatever reason if i die it's because of you because you've hoarded that drug you've taken more than you needed and mm. as such you prevented me from having access to that life saving treatment that i could have taken simply because of your greed or for whatever reason you just want to feel high So those are some things and I think at this point let me mention the kind of things I think when we talk about abuse yes at least it's good that we pointed out that abuse is not just in negative yeah. the other things that there are other substances that are really abuse for example and um, there are other drugs or chemicals that are really abused 
um, alcohol, for, for example, cigarette, for example, and the likes of all of this. Part of why they are being abused is because of the content. Mm. Like, um, most of them contain nicotine, and nicotine is really, um, um, oftentimes, it's addictive. Just like mm-hmm. the normal coffee we take, the normal caffeine we take. Yeah. If you're not careful with it, you tend to be, you tend to like it. We, when, when we're kids, we like sugar because of the sweetness in it. True. So that's the, same, that's the same feeling. You just want to keep taking more of it and keep taking more of it and keep taking more of it. And it still goes back to the other pathway. So because you took one before, and oftentimes your body is getting used to one. So one doesn't, does no longer um, give you the same reaction. You, yeah. you, so you have to increase it. And that's how addiction um, comes in. So um, addiction begins from abuse, basically. Hmm. So I think um, I think I've really spoken much in that in that yeah, light. You you have. I like uh, that you pointed out addiction, because it always points to that at the end of the day. Some people get addicted to a particular drug. Some people get addicted to some people are addicted to whatever pain reliever they yeah. use. Like any small thing, it has to be any small thing. It has to be. And like you mentioned, anything you take. I, I know of a lady. Whenever she's moody, she takes coke. Coca-Cola. Mm. <laughs> whenever she's not feeling happy. That's, it sounds funny, yeah. but it's, whenever she's not feeling happy, she just takes a bottle of Coca-Cola, she smiles, she likes to bird, you know? Mm. She just likes the feeling. I'm like, are you... Mm. And she's, she's she has gotten addicted to that. So once you see mm. her with a bottle, you just know, okay, she's not in her right mood today. <laughs> so it's not like you mentioned. Sometimes we abuse simple things the things that we shouldn't even abuse food you mm. know mm. and before you know it we are addicted now but then yeah. how do we begin to correct this someone that is already addicted to certain maybe drugs or certain habits drugs especially mm. because of course we are doing we are really trying to make this about health so how do we mm. correct this is is it possible to begin to retrace our steps back and begin mm. to correct some of these uh, addictions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really, that's a fantastic question because it's possible to correct addictions and, and abuses. So really, so let's even go back to the psychology of the brain, how the brain works with this, using the brain as a case study. So the brain has attributed to moodiness to cook. Mm. So like, and it didn't just start that way. Yeah. It just started by, oh, I still cook. It worked. So let me take more of it. Let me take it again. And you know, the brain is wired. It's like a strand or thread. Let's use, let's use thread. Mm-hmm. So when you do it once, you've added a strand to it. You do it twice, you've added a strand, another strand, like, like you're turning the rope. So the more time you do it, the more strand you are adding to it. So the brain now begins to um, relate that thing. So mm-hmm. it now um, it connects those two. So when it, this happens, it means this is like it's like a computer programming when it's it's programmed. So it says like if this um, basic Excel when using the E function, if mm-hmm. this then this. So that's how the brain begins to work. Another time you say that if you don't do it, you start feeling like you're unwell. You start yeah. feeling like you are sick or something is wrong mm-hmm. until you have that thing. So um, this will remind me of a child when you see children who are acting up. So for whatever else, you collect something and they begin to throw tantrum mm-hmm. until you mm-hmm. provide that thing that they need. You see them calm and all of a sudden, well, you begin to wonder, wait, is it this child that was throwing tantrum just um, a few <laughs> seconds ago? Yeah. So that's how this brain is wired. 
So once you've done it over and again, the brain tends to relate, like it to attribute that um, habit to this substance. So that's how these things really work. Now, can it be corrected? Yes. But for it to be corrected, we have to go back to the cause of it. And that's what um, there's, there's what we call the root cause analysis. So you have to trace down to the root. Oftentimes, we have the symptoms and we have the cause. Okay. So you have to find what is really the cause of this. So, and this will bring me back to some of, um, why do we even abuse um, substances? Why are substances abused? A few reasons. Number one, trauma. So when you're going through trauma, most mm-hmm. times you tend to go to something. When you feel pain, you tend to go towards, um, let's, let me take something to relieve my pain. I just want to relieve my pain. I just want to be okay in the moment. When someone is drowning, you know, whatever looks like help, you would want to grab it. Grab, yeah. So that's the same thing that, because the brain, at that state, if you look at how the brain works, the brain is like, it's in a state of um, turbulence. Mm-hmm. So um, it's like water boiling at the highest temperature. It's bubbling. So all what the brain wants, it wants peace. It just wants to rest. Mm-hmm. So whatever will calm the brain down, and the brain will just calm. <sighs> like that chair mm-hmm. that was throwing, and throwing like, like, like that analogy. So whatever you introduce at that state of disequilibrium, um, in the language of physics, at that state of disequilibrium, when the water is bubbling, mm-hmm. and it releases that calmness, the brain has noted it. Oh, so when I feel like this, I just yeah, need that thing to be for you. So when you're going through trauma, either from a loss of a loved one or from a loss of whatever kind, and the brain is put in a state of disequilibrium, whatever elicits that effect of calmness, mm. the brain will re- register it. So to treat this kind of scenario, you have to go back you have to trace it back to letting the brain know that I like you don't need this substance and that thing is and the brain doesn't know what is real from what is fake and that's yeah. why when people are, when when they're recovering from cigarette they tend to see them they start to use pipe so the pipe there's really no code the cigarette is not there but that pipe gives them a feeling that they are drawing so yeah. that the brain doesn't know what is real from what is perceived brain in terms of pain pain is pain what I perceive pain or real pain so the brain really will not be able to, ah, this thing is perceived. It's our skin mm-hmm. that does this thing. But in terms of brain perception, perception and reality, the brain have, um, there's a thin line in terms of the brain. So the brain needs to know that, you have to know that, wow, there are other ways I can do this. There are, there are, mo- there are better, healthy ways that I can go through this trauma. And because most times, and in that state of disagreement, what the brain wants is a quick way That's out. The brain just wants a quick way out. So it's discipline. Um, it's often time, and that's why we say exercise is good. When you are active, exercise, the, the habit of strengthening your muscles also strengthens the brain cells to endure pain. Okay. So when the brain is not able to endure pain, it tends to find the quickest way out. And most times, that quickest way out would be to fall into substance. Hmm. And it just takes once and twice and three times. And again, and again, <laughs> it becomes a habit. Yeah. That's for trauma. Then the other thing, and um, pressure. Wow, this thing is good. This thing is good. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Ah, because my friends are doing it, so I also have to do it. I just want to feel among. I just want to yeah. belong. Mm. Pressure. That feeling of I want to do it. That pressure puts you into it. So mm. the other, um, the way to do this is to 
remove the person from the pressure. There's this social experiment that was done. It was a social experiment. Okay, let's even use the circus elephant, um, for yeah. example. The circus elephant, for often time, is being used to. Okay, the story goes like circus elephant was tied to his leg and is unable to move from one place to another. So at the point, the elephant stopped trying. So um, we are told that now, if they tie a rope on the elephant's leg, to his, the elephant will not even bother moving. Mm. Because it has felt like he cannot move oh once God. that rope is tied. So there's mm-hmm. that wiring. One way to do that is to remove remove the individual from the um from the scene, from the situation, yeah. from the picture. Mm. So once you take the individual from that environment to a different environment, what will happen at first, the brain will go back to that state of disequilibrium. Mm-hmm. So when the brain this is what the brain is used to. You know, the brain works in patterns, and once a code is changed, it is equilibrium sets in, the place is not is unstabilized. So mm-hmm. the brain will always fight for um, stability. Yeah. So in the course of fighting, when the brain says that there is no way out, the only way out is to calm yourself. The brain will have to adapt. The brain, one thing the brain does is adaptation. Mm-hmm. Whatever you train your brain to do, the brain will do it. Once you know there's no way out, when you look for the substance and you're not able to get it, this is what brought the aspect of increasing taxes and increasing the cost for most of these substances that are easily abused. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the things that, knowing this, so okay, if we increase it and you try to get it, you are not able to get it. You will have to find other alternatives to getting that same feeling you and you would get. So pressure, when you take the individual away from the pressure, that causes that addiction or that, that abuse. Mm-hmm. You tend to see that the individual will behave. Because in the new way, the individual knows that ah, there's no way I can get this. Once the brain knows there's no way to get it, the brain will always find a way to balance I'm itself. Just feel alright. That's why we say last, last, we could do all right. This is what <laughs> last, last, <laughs> Exactly. So you have to know the source of in order for it to you know, we'll be busy right. treating symptoms. Telling yeah. people stop doing, stop abusing drugs, it won't work. It won't mm. work. When you keep saying, stop abusing drugs, stop abusing drugs, it won't work because there are various reasons for abuse. Mm-hmm. Some people could be trauma, some people could be pressure, some people could even be family patterns. Mm. Well, there's this culture that this addiction runs in. So if a family, for example, the dad has been addicted, there's a high tendency that an individual in that family would be addicted again. Those are still school of thought. So for, the, um, for such school of thought, I'm not too knowledgeable in how to guide such people again. It's still knowing how the brain works because I know everything is in the brain. A lot of say everything is in the mind. Yeah. Because I know I've been told of a story of twins um, whose father was a drunkard mm-hmm. and one ended up a drunkard because of his father and the other one ended up not drinking because of his father. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So these are the same people, the same situation, but different outcomes Yeah. because of wiring. So... These are some of the things, identifying the cause would help you. So then if it's for medical purposes, of course, medical thing will always be treated um, medical. medical. So if you're abusing it because of an ailment, then you will need some medical support in order to overcome it. So really, these are some of the ways that one can overcome substance abuse. Identify the cause and deal with the cause. Mm-hmm. Once able to deal with the cause, if you see trauma, help the person overcome trauma, help the person walk through the process of overcoming those trauma. If it's stress, some people, um, some people 
is due to stress, um, stress of work when you are so tired, all you have to do is to take, um, for example, um, let me use water because if we call anything now, some people will go and start taking it. Okay, so, so when you are used to water, mm-hmm, yeah. mm, you take water. That's what the brain will relate. So, oh, I'm stressed. Let me just mm. take a chill bottle of water and I'll be all right. And once you do that, you feel all right. Yeah. Some people will say, ah, when I feel like this, I need to be high, you know? So water can also make you high. Hmm? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my God! Wow, this is like interesting. I like what you said. Whatever you you train your brain to do, your brain will do mm-hmm. it. So the work it's, it's it comes back to us because sometimes we 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 always find the easy way out. But if we train our brain mm-hmm. to be calm, no matter what the situation yeah. is, calm, and then the brain yeah. will learn. Okay, no matter what I do, no matter what I try to do, this person will not help me. So I better calm down. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> and they will become wow that is really because a lot of people get to that point and they think there is no return so why don't you just keep going but there is really a, a way to come back and that is like you said identifying the source the cause the root mm-hmm. cause of the issue then begin mm-hmm. to work your way backwards that's very and that's like an interesting place to to end the conversation. We have explained in detail what substance abuse, what substance is, you know, and we have also looked at what abuse of of whatever substance you you think of could be. And then we looked at what's the danger of abusing substances. And then we wrapped it up now with corrections, you know, how do you correct abuse? And that is all from us. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me. That was an interesting conversation, really. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much, Zoma. And well done to you. Um, I must really commend the consistency in Written and Robots podcast. And there's really a lot we can learn from. It's the same thing. You're addicted to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm addicted to this. I don't want to trace my way back. <laughs> <laughs> so you see that's what you are saying. Addition comes when you get to a state of authenticity. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so the brain doesn't think about doing it. It just so the brain would think about not doing it. <laughs> mm, yeah. So right now you need to think about not doing it, not, not doing taking it. up doing it. Yeah, that's but, true. Um, I'm sure you know the amount of work it took you to get to this point. Yeah. So it's that same amount of work that will take you to start unwinding I'm all doing. of the strands. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. That's the same thing with Abdul. Well done. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. So this is where we call it a day today. I will talk to you guys again soon. All right. This is from me to you guys. Have a beautiful, beautiful day, a beautiful week, a beautiful month, a beautiful everything, really. <laughs> so God bless you guys. Bye bye.